Plate. It's Edward Beckett Spiel 2016. Fortunate enough to have joined, uh, be joined by Richard Breeze of R. Good afternoon, Eula. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, so it's Sunday at Spiel, the last day. We're here at your R&D games booth. How's it been for you so far? Has it been a good con? Very good con. Uh, we had to do a restock yesterday, um, so sales exceeded expectations, which was great. Uh, it seems to have very well received at the moment. The demo tables have been full all weekend and people giving us positive feedback, so good, good sign. Every time I've walked by your booth, your tables have been swamped. People are buying uh, either your new one, Key to the City London, or some of your older games. So you want to talk a minute about Key to the City London and how that carries on from Keyflower? Uh, indeed, the Key to the City London is the first of the key series of games which is not featured in the medieval keydom. Uh, the theme was chosen for a couple of reasons. Um, in the game you are connecting the tiles, which is a different mechanic to one that we've used in Keyflower. Um, but to, I like to have an internal logic in the games that I produce. And the idea of the game is that there are six different types of connectors that you can have between the tiles, and they actually represent different utilities and things like uh, transport, uh, electricity, gas, uh, water, disposals, and that didn't really make sense in a, a medieval environment. <laughs> right. Um, I was also, I, I spent most of my life living in London. Um, it's a wonderful city. There's a lot of very interesting attractions there. Um, but I also was quite conscious that there isn't really uh, a game themed on London, which I, I've, I felt was there for the bigger market. Uh, there's been a couple of great games. There's Guilds of London that Tony Boydell's done. There's a London game by Martin Wallace but they don't really make the same uh, feature of the different uh, buildings in London. Uh, so what I, I, I had played some London games and I thought there was a better one here and this was a combination of the, the two. This was an opportunity to sell London, if you like, to, to show some of the attractions. Uh, to that end, I, I managed to find an artist, Catherine Baxter, who it's quite well known in the UK. She has designed a UK postage stamp before now. Uh, and I approached her, I said, I don't know whether I can afford you, but <laughs> we, we, we came across um, a, a, a working arrangement and she has done these fabulously detailed uh, images. At the moment, we're just standing by a big poster at the stand. And I think Uka can, can see the um, the detail that's on each of the tiles, which I think you need a magnifying glass to be able to see on the actual On the actual themselves. tiles, right. But um, what we have got in the, in the game is, as well as the rules booklets, we have got a 16-page booklet which has got detailed illustration of each of the buildings and a little bit of the history of each of the buildings. So that's a, a bonus. Uh, on top of that, the second bonus you get in the box is that I, and you might have uh, twigged it uh, looking at the poster behind you, but all of the tiles in the game can be joined up to create a map of London. And the, the key to the I map... I thought this was just an overlay of time, but this is really what I'm looking at. Yeah, this so really, that's amazing. That's so you, really cool. You can construct a map of London <laughs> using all the tiles. 
the record at the moment, I'll give a plug to one of my playtesters, Graham Staplehurst, who managed to do it in about 13 and a half minutes. But he does know his London geography, so <laughs> if you think you can beat that, that that's worth trying. That's fair. I actually have an eight-hour layover tomorrow in at Heathrow. Perfect. So one of, one of the fans of the show and a friend of mine is going to pick me up, and we're going to go explore. It'll be my first time outside of the airport. I'm excited to do it. So let's talk, uh, let's go back in time and why did you start designing games to begin with? Because it wasn't to get rich, I know that. Yeah, there is that saying, if you want to make a small fortune in board games, you start with a large fortune. Um, no, that's true. I, I, I have always enjoyed playing games. There's been games in, in my family and my parents had uh, a selection of the, the usual um, English games that you had, you know, things like Monopoly and, and the Cluedo and, and other games. One or two more esoteric ones, such as Uncle Wiggly, which somehow came over from the States. Uh, discovered, I played a lot of um, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, a little bit of Talisman, and the first game uh, called Camelequin was developed from uh, the movement system, from or the thoughts of the movement system, using different uh, characters, such as elves, dwarves, etc., who moved across different terrains. And the game, sorry, there's things happening behind us. Right, yeah, no, no worries. We're, uh, we're concentrating. So that was the, the first game. Um, I, it was an abstract game. I took it to the London, London Toy Fair and uh, I camped <laughs> on a stand from a friend called uh, Nick Fletcher from Manic Games, who had this wonderful two-player abstract game called uh, Chikara, which is very difficult to get hold of, but if you can, it, it's very well worth playing. And we, we were at the show for three years, and I'm not sure we sold the game. <laughs> but Ian Livingstone from Games Workshop and Brian Walker, who used to run Games International magazine, came to the stand one year and said, you should be at Essen. So we thought, where is Essen? <laughs> we found it, and then the following year, we decided to come to Essen. And then I discovered German games. So this was 1991. So this is now my 26th Essen. So you've been here 26. The wow. So not every year I must have moved the stand, maybe about six or seven without a stand, but over the last few years, each year I've had a stand and tried to have a new game. Um, so I discovered German games. The first game was an abstract game. I enjoyed it, but I enjoyed producing it. It was my introduction to Germany. But then I discovered uh, Euro games, or German games as we used to call them. Uh, and um, from there, I, I sort of said, well, I'd like to have a go. I, I, you know, I can do, try and do something similar. So the first game I produced after that was Keyword, which was the first of the key series of games. Which is also impossible to get, yes. Uh, <laughs> if, you've got about, if you've got about, I think, $900 or $1,000, you might just be able to get one. Right. So there, was, there was only 200 copies made. Uh, and I think it was a game of its time. It was fun to make and it was uh, well received. It won the, uh, the Sumo magazine game of the Game Kid of the Year. And that was a, a, and a number one rating in Spielerei magazine, which is still going strong. So it was a good, um, a good introduction to German games. And then that was the, the key to moving forward with the series. The name, incidentally, came for, from um, 
meeting an American gentleman called Keyword Chivis, who is a gamer. Uh, I played with him the game on the Hans and Gluck stand. We didn't know each other and I was searching for the name of the game. Uh, I didn't tell him I'd named the game after him and, until that had been published and uh, I wasn't quite sure what his reaction would be, but he, he was very good about it and he ordered six copies. Well, <laughs> and, uh, I would have too. And uh, he, he's uh, even happier now because he sold a couple of them and it's paid for quite a few things. That's fantastic. So, talking about your older games, I know that you are of the mind that you want to look forward and not look backwards as far as your games and reprinting and so on and so forth. But have you given it any thought, for those of us that are a big fan of yours, that don't have access to the older key games, of licensing those out to someone else, a different publisher, to possibly reprint those in the future? There have been a lot of inquiries over the years, um, certainly. Um, the my feeling about the game, so the Keyword was the first one, Keydom. Which the is the first one. worker placement game, correct? That's right, that's right. Um, and there is a lot of interest in that game, but I think games, this was going back 20 years, and I think games, anyone that's involved in the industry now will see the, the, the rapid developments in ideas and, and production and quality. And, Whilst the games were, were, were great when they were published and they're still fun to play, I think there is so many games out there and there are so many great ideas that um, I would prefer now just to be involved in, and to have the, the series be the later games which uh, are more of their time, the, the, the new time rather than the, the older games which were good when they came out, but I think there are a lot more uh, more sophisticated or, or more like the evolution of, I, of the hobby, you're saying? I think that's right, yes. I mean, we had, for example, with Keedon, there's subsequent that you've got games like Agricola, Stone Age, which have, have followed the same worker placement idea. And, and you know, UA would say that on this uh, geek list, but, uh, and, which he did do on the, there was an Agricola uh, Christmas list that he did and you know, sort of, Referring back to the Keedom there, um, the Keedom game was actually republished as Aladdin's Dragons and Morganland, uh, and you can actually get Morganland Aladdin's Dragons card games still available from the R&D stand at a bargain five euros for the next couple of years probably. <laughs> um, so that 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 little link is still there and. and Bern Brunhofer, who uh, did a lot of the development on that for Hans and Gluck, it was great for me to work with him and seeing the master at work, and I think my gaming improved having worked with Bern. So uh, that was a good part of the journey, but I think for me, the interest now is, is looking forward. Um, I did from uh, Key, Key Flower, which was very successful and reached the top 21 places on Board Game Geek. I think there is a, a critical mass there that, that means that will stay in production. And of course this year we've got a, a mini expansion for Keyflower which is called Camilla Quinn, which introduces the... Multicolored Meeple, the right? Multicolored Meeple, which has all sorts of possibilities. So that, that's a, a fun introduction for the game. So the Keyflower title um, will continue. Um, Inhabit the Earth is still available. 
and then this year, of course, we have um, Key to the City London. So you said this is the first in the series for the Key to the City, so you expect to do more cities uh, in this, or...? So we've just paused because there's a, there's a bumble there's stinging insect walking across the equipment. Yeah, there's a, uh, uh, there's a bumblebee. From my point of view, but it's, uh, <laughs> I'll make sure not to grab that. Not, not to pick that up. Yeah. If there's a, a, an introduction there, great. Um, Key to the City London was a great idea, I think. Uh, I've enjoyed it very much. Possibility of others, but if I did them, um, I would need to want to introduce something different rather than just re-theme the game on a different city. Uh, so I need to sit down with um, Sebastian and we may come up with one. Uh, we may be doing something different. Uh, next year for R&D games, there, is, uh, there will be a new key game from the Keydom landscape uh, called Keeper, which I think will introduce or will introduce a few new ideas and concepts, uh, hopefully to gaming, which I, I'm quite excited about and uh, looking forward to being at Essen with. Awesome, I'm looking forward to checking it out next year. Anyway, your booth is crazy busy. I'll let you get back to it. I really appreciate you taking the time, Richard, so thank you. My pleasure, thank you and, for your time also. And uh, travel home safe, all right? All right, thank you.